Welcome back to Obscure Broadcasting's podcast, Famous Last Words. Today, we're talking about looking over your shoulder. We're talking about It Follows from 2014. My name is Andrew. And this is Teresa. It Follows is an interesting movie for us being uh, Detroit residents uh, because this movie was filmed widely in Detroit and in the surrounding suburbs. Um so you, can, you can't help but play the game is like, oh, where do they shoot that? Oh, where's that? Oh, I think I know you know, that game. Um, but it follows um, teenager Jay as she embarks on a new relationship. She ends up having sex and contracts a pretty terrible STD. Um, a haunted a, STD. A haunted STD, a curse, if you will. And a person or an entity follows her. And it's a shapeshifter. And it is a pretty scary premise. Yeah, it's a, it's somewhat a throwback to like, eighties, stalkery or slasher films. But like, it's, you know, it's different because it's a, an entity following them. And but it's also the same kind of slow, foreboding, <laughs> like walking towards you, kind of scary. Right. This movie, yeah. Which I think there's a lot of different ways you can read into this film. I mean, there's the whole throwback to, you know, the whole question of like, oh, is, are they being killed because they're having sex? Is that like part of the, the theory behind the movie? Or is it just like the impending doom of your own death, like always following you? Right. That's an, that's an interesting angle on it. Um, this movie has a pretty amazing premise. I think there's no better premise for a horror movie than this i think this is like you know uh i think that this movie sometimes gets lost its own sauce though yeah i think the only thing they don't do well is execute their premise um perfectly in the sense that like i think they change the rules a little bit too much on like what the what the it following thing can do or not do right and you could argue that like the guy that like gives the rules is just as confused and like the rules have been played through a game of telephone multiple times but like there's clearly like some like i don't know i feel like it could have been tighter i really do i feel like they could have like really kept the tension going for for a long time and like i think that our culture is so tied to like that sexual promiscuity is a sign of a bad person so therefore like she can't just have sex with a bunch of guys to get rid of it. And like, you know, I mean like that would make her not likable in some way. Like, I don't know. I feel like the movie has like a really good building tension and rising. And then I feel like if you find your way to keep the tension up after the beach sequence where, you know, Mm. she actually gets touched by the thing and it like, you know, that whole sequence, I think that you could keep the movie going if you can find a way to like keep that tension going and make it like a 70 to 90 minute movie of just like high octane thing is it like kind of drops off in favor of some, I think they probably the director and I've never, this is all just conjecture, but I bet you he started at the pool thing as, as I like, he had that idea early on and he just kept on working to have the pool thing be in the movie where he has like, you know, what happens if the entity gets in a pool with you and can pull you down, but no one else can see it. Like, I think that was definitely a a part of that. So I did a little background reading on this movie and the two things that 
came up first where the idea was he had this dream of someone following him really like slowly and and sort of in this way that's threatening and then I don't know he referenced something about like as he grew older like nightmares of sexual experiences kind of changed that vision a little bit Mm -hmm. and then the pool thing he said was because he wanted he kind of wanted a scooby-doo ending where like they're kids and so they don't know like the right thing to do and they you know they come up with this silly plan of putting all these (laughs) things that around the pool that you they think will be electrocuted but there's not even enough power to draw and then of course the like thing comes and starts like I don't know using it against them he was like yeah I wanted it to be like an imperfect like solution because why would they know how to defeat this thing and I wanted them to fail so yeah it's possible he had that idea the pool thing too pretty early right. on yeah I mean <sighs> that yeah I, I said mean, Scooby-Doo ending and you're just like oh yeah I know I mean like your audience is there with you so, like, the audience is expecting these kids to figure it out or figure out a solution. So, when you make them not figure out the solution, you haven't set that up. I mean, they do flail around for the majority of the movie and, like, do stupid shit and make stupid decisions. However, <laughs> there's parts of this movie that, like, like, there's just lots of lines in this movie that seem, like, just very pointed, like, Michigan things. Like, the whole them waxing poetic. Excuse me. Oh no, we're boring, Andrew. Andrew's falling asleep. <laughs> it falls made me want to sleep. But they're, they're wax poetic about just like there's, there's like this line about like their parents would never let them go south of Eight Mile, and like Eight Mile is like very famously kind of the bar- barrier where the suburbs start to get nicer, and like the city really starts. And it, there's a clear racial and economic divide. That has mm-hmm. traditionally kind of followed along that line, but not really. In some places, it kind of changes. It's where Detroit kind of ends and suburbs begin. And then, so they clearly were going for some sort of racial message there, or like that their parents were so racist because they would never let them go into the city. But, but there's no other like, there's no people mention, of color in, in yeah. this movie. And like setting it in, in and around Detroit, there is a large population of 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 african americans and and the large population of muslims muslim americans and like you know that there's just it feels to me that it falls a little bit on deaf ears because they follow just this group of white kids and um particularly watching this in 2020 and this movie is a few years old now with the movement for black lives and the more focus on our world on the movement it feels particularly like you could have like cast someone, you know, a couple, you know, mm-hmm. more realistic approach would be that two of the five kids are of color. Yeah. Cause it feels very dated unless you want to make the movie about race and like fear of the other. And like, that's the message. Oh, it's not the message though. It's like, not the message at all. That's what I'm saying. Like, otherwise you just, you know, have more diversity in your main cast. Like, it wasn't, it, it just, like you were saying, he felt like he had one foot in, like, the message door and then the other foot completely out. And it was like, just don't, if you're not going to really do it properly, just don't even bring it up, like, or do it better. <laughs> right. And I, so the achieve like, the achievements of this movie are is that it's like an indie, it was made cheaply, it made a lot of money. 
it was it looks like a bigger budget than it is but the little things that they should have done and the guy is from Michigan David uh David Mitchell is from Michigan and he's from Clawson where they shot the majority of the scenes so like he could have easily he know he should know better yeah i think that lines in particular is him bringing up his own guilt. childhood experiences and and maybe guilt and and we're just putting it out there like this is what our parents told us but like you can't just have it be a throwaway line it needs to be like more involved in the movie which it definitely was not right and th- and there were things that were what worked in this movie like i said the budget the music is really really great and this mm-hmm. like it's really memorable and it really sticks in your ear and like really captures that 80s vibe even better than some other movies that we were talking about that are go for a similar aesthetic but don't quite achieve it as well yeah, and I think it is actually pretty scary in in a certain spots. Like you do feel this dread of these things following these kids, and um, you know, and I think there's a little bit of subtext too that's a little bit frightening. Of like, I think, I think it has something to do with sexual abuse too, and like mm-hmm. trauma from that, and how it always follows you around. You know, I think that's actually more of the sex message than, you know, don't have sex because it's bad. It's like no, like sometimes you can have these experiences that just follow you around. And, you know, if you have to go at them alone, you have less chance of surviving than if you have some sort of like support group. And so I think her friends are like kind of her support group Mm -hmm. in this movie. And I think it's really well done in that sense, like showing if that's even what it's about, um, this kind of issue through a group of friends. Yeah. And I really liked in this movie that there was an element of like mixing time periods like older cars, but they kind of have a cell phone and like there's a very clear mixing of ideas and of of like genres. So like you never can like quite place it. They all watch on like kind of closed circuit TVs, but they're like, you know, also have a smartphone and like an e-reader. I, I like that. Yeah, I, I like that's that. A, that was a good choice. Um, it's a really fun element. I remember the first time I saw it, I was just like, oh, that's so cool. Like, right. <laughs> um, the other thing that I wanted to ask you is, which do you think is better, this or Don't Breathe? Another movie built, made around Detroit, cheaply, and has like some Detroit weaving in its narrative, but is a horror movie. Mm-hmm. So Don't Breathe also did really well. I'd say this one's considerably better than Don't Breathe. I think this one's considerably, considerably better uh, than Don't Breathe as well. And Don't Breathe, of course, had some Detroitness to it, and they filmed some things in Detroit. A lot of it was filmed in Europe because <laughs> of tax reasons. And the one time that it really shows is when they have a on the screen it says gross point on the screen <laughs> and they forgot to put the E mm-hmm. on gross. Yep. Or, uh, point. or point. They forgot one of the E's. They forgot one of the E's, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, whoopsie. <laughs> so if uh, you want to watch a horror film based in Detroit, definitely watch It Follows. Yeah. So It Follows is from 2014 and is directed by David Robert Mitchell. Um, yeah. I, we own it. We like it. It's definitely a great premise. We'll see if it ever gets remade. I'm Andrew. And I'm Teresa. This is 31 Days of Horror. <laughs>